Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. And we're back. And Julia, it is September the 10th, 2021. That's right. And, and Friday. And Friday. And we are finishing up the points we started yesterday. I had, um, by the way, this morning, I did a really great interview, a Zoom interview mm-hmm. with uh, Steve Powers, who is yes. somebody that you and I have known forever. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing that. Yeah, it was. I, I had a lot of fun, actually. Mm-hmm. We were talking, the questions I asked him were basically about, um, you know, the qualities and characteristics of a top producing agent. We sort of started out with that type of thing, but then we meandered. Oh, by the way, Steve Powers is probably only one of the handful of coaches, legitimate real estate coaches uh, in the country that has had probably more one-on-one coaching calls than Julie and I. (laughs) I mean, uh, combined, we've had more than him, but uh, individually he's, you know, 75, 100,000, 30 minute one-on-one coaching calls. So this guy's the real deal. But we had a great conversation. We were talking about, for example, what would be like a brand new agent? What are the qualities of somebody who's going to, you know, the personal qualities, but also what are the actions that they're going to take that are going to ensure their success? And it was a fun, you know, back and forth. So, so I'm creating, um, we're going to, uh, it was 90 minutes. We're going to put it, it was a Zoom. So we're, it's, it's going to be made obviously into a video. We're going to stick it on YouTube, but also it's going to go on timandjulieharris.com. So you guys definitely want to listen to that because we did uh, several live role plays. We shared with you guys some scripts. It was, I thought, really fantastic. I enjoyed it. So did he. So definitely listen to that at timandjulieharris.com. Uh, but what we're talking about mm-hmm. is your fourth quarter plan. Yes. And the fourth quarter plan is something that is the most important, uh, probably overall business planning thing you're going to do all year in anticipa- anticipation of the new year, right? And what that again, Steve and I touched on this as well. Anybody who's serious about their business knows that their year starts, their new year starts, you know, three or four months in the previous year, in it, the last three or four months. And if you're not thinking of your business that way, that means you have to rebuild momentum um, into the new year, which is a, always a huge mistake because there's always, you know, the biggest reason why that you don't want to do it that way is because they're all there. It's the time of year when there's going to be a ton of agents who are finally going to decide that they're going to, you know, stop getting ready to get started and they're going to drill down their businesses. Now, most of them don't stay drilled down. They'll stay, you know, committed and they'll, but they create a lot of noise. There'll be more open houses. There'll be more agents doing mailers. There'll be more agents doing, you know, phone calls, all the rest of it. So if you want your message to be heard, you know, you need to be doing it when other people are uh essentially filling the channel. And that's now. That's absolutely right. And, you know, you and Steve were talking about some of the attributes of, you know, as coaches, when you see uh, agents or brokers come into the business, what do you look for that's a kind of almost like a tell that they're going to be successful? Mm -hmm. And one of those things is that they actually have a plan and that they follow it. He, He said his two answers where I wrote them down, actually, was he said the first thing he looks for is attitude because you can mm-hmm. always teach aptitude, sure. right? I mean mm-hmm. that's what could, but you have to have the right attitude. Mm-hmm. And the attitude, and but the, and I said, so what's the right attitude? He said, and this is absolutely true. People that have some sort of chip on their shoulder yeah. are generally speaking the ones that are going to hit it out of the park. And like Michael Gordon, who is one of Michael and Robin Gordon, who were one of the, I think uh, Berkshire Hathaway, they're like number three. We, the, you know, we coached them when they started their real estate Huge business together production. in the hundreds of millions a year. I think. right? Oh yeah, he does. I think three hundred million a year. Yeah. You know, 
and uh, they're number one in mainline in Pennsylvania, the whole thing. And so I was having this conversation with Michael. We interviewed him. That's again, um, one of our past podcasts. You guys should listen to it. Just go to iTunes or Stitcher or, or you know Spotify or any place else where our podcast is, which is everywhere, and just search for Gordon, G-O-R-D-O-N, and you'll find the interview. But one of the things he said, because we were talking about a similar topic, was uh, I was asking him why him and Robin are so successful, and he said because he has a chip on his shoulder. I remember that interview. That's yep. exactly what he said. And he said because I grew up, I was a lower middle class, middle class kid growing up around rich people, and I just felt like I had to work extra hard to you know earn my right to be um, you know doing business with some of these uh, high end sellers that of these my competitors essentially grew up with. So they had an unfair advantage. So I had to work twice as hard, and I had to prove them. You know that kind of thing. And that's absolutely true. Yeah. And Steve was talking about a, a gal that he is coaching that just got through a divorce mm -hmm. and she just felt mm -hmm. like the world beat up on her and she wanted to prove the world that, you know, what she wanted to prove. And, and she is, Steve said, one of her best coaching clients ever because she For had sure. a chip on her shoulder. Yes. So what if you don't have a chip on your shoulder? How mm -hmm. are you actually going to manifest said chip? Well, you have to or what, or, manifest. Yeah. Or what do you do when the chip is no longer omnipresent? What if it's not mm -hmm. there anymore? What if That's it's not true. as strong? Well, you have to keep on updating your goals and keep yourself excited and keep studying things and getting out of your own way and expanding your exposure. It's one of the reasons why we drove 22 states in 60 days mm -hmm. so we could see more, so we could meet with clients. But ultimately, it's, you know, creating that motivation. And I, you know, it does get harder when you lose that chip on your shoulder, when you get some success. But here's the thing. Everybody listening needs a fourth quarter plan. That's yep. one of the ways that you can correct it is to simply make sure that you, you're following this plan that includes goals that are inspirational and you're polishing your skills so you can get to your goals and you're tracking your numbers and somebody's holding you accountable. Well, ultimately, absolutely. But the thing about having a chip on your shoulder is the chip never completely goes away. Mm -hmm. It leaves dust. But after the chip has essentially been uh, you know, exercised from your life, mm -hmm. then the way to do it is exactly what Julie just said. Start exposing yourself to, uh, and exposure is a real big part of it too. And if <laughs> we have always known that, we've experienced it in our own lives, but driving around the country, if you're stuck in some you know, Midwestern town like where Julie and I are from, and you're only exposed to the Midwestern town people and the thoughts they have and the lives they lead, you're only seeing a tiny little sliver of what you're capable of or you're only seeing a tiny little sliver of, a, of essentially the quality of life that you could be having. I'm not, again, Julie and I are from the Midwest, so don't misunderstand. I'm not you know, poo-pooing on the Midwest. I'm not. Certainly a lot of qualities and characteristics that are um, you know, desirable from living in the Midwest too. But if you want to aspire to something greater in your life, definitely get out of your own way and definitely put yourself in a place where you, sure. you increase your exposure. Well, and you can, you can do that without you know, having to you know, move across the country. For example, when we were selling real estate, we moved up market by moving across town. We did. When we went to New Albany, Ohio, and you know, we woke up one day saying between 100 and 200 homes is awesome, but if your average sell price is less than 200, it's maybe <laughs> less awesome than it could be. That was our. That was when we sold <laughs> uh -huh. real estate. When we sold real estate in the 90s, right? The average sale price in Columbus was like less than 220, and across town, not that far away, the average sale price was like 850. And so that was kind of an. And, and we better. were. Yeah, and to sell to earn the amount of money that we wanted to earn, it was 100 to 200 houses a year, which we did do. But moving across town, where your average commission is multiplied by four, well, guess what? The lifestyle is quite a bit different. But that goes to exposure. That's right. And why do some agents not go after uh, the more expensive homes? Why do they not even show those? Why are, are they not exposed to that higher end market? We're not even talking about ultra luxury or anything like mm -hmm. that. It's because of lack of exposure. And so this is one of the things we talk about in coaching 
is if you, and everybody has a freak out point, right? I've seen this so many times. It's whatever price range is higher than what you're living in is what starts to make you nervous. Well, usually it's twice, right? Certainly twice. Right. So most of you guys are living, whether you know it or not, in a house that's worth at least 450 grand, right? right? Because the average of the United States is like 429 now. So if you start thinking about sellers that are in the 850 to 900 range, generally speaking, that's where people start having a subconscious sort of roadblocks to being uh, feeling comfortable in that price point. Uh, until you realize that they're just like you with, you know, maybe they've got a couple other real estate transactions under their belts, or maybe they just, you know, don't mind having a higher house payment than you. But the moral of the story is, is there are lots of things that you have built up into your head that are just not true about what you're capable of, in, of uh, experiencing in this life. And again, lack of exposure. Now, it's just not lack of, it's not just lack of exposure from you know going someplace and being around different kinds of people that are leading different kinds of lives it's also lack of exposure to what you're allowing yourself to learn like there was an interesting there's been bunches of studies done on how many books people read once they're out of school it's like a total of zero and there's also been studies done on how many uh how many people buy a book and read it Mm-hmm. And it was, I think it was over 90% of people that buy books never read them. Mm-hmm. They just buy them. I know. It's and by true. the way, we're selling, and our book continues to be a bestseller on Amazon and but Barnes and Noble. You should definitely open it up. But you should definitely read it, right? <laughs> so if you, want to get, if you want to get our, uh, I think it's actually, we're getting close to it. I think uh, being uh, the number one real estate, uh, mm-hmm. you know, essentially book on how to build your business of all time. Yes. Um, I, I'm hoping to surpass Gary Keller's book, The Million Dollar mm-hmm. Real too. Estate Agent. It's going to take a long while because his book's been for sale for like 20 years. Yeah. But anyway, it's uh, called Harris Rules on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You can also get it on Audible. Great weekend listening for all of you guys thinking about what are you going to listen to this weekend? Mm-hmm. Listen to Harris Rules. All right. So yes, Julie, ultimately what we're talking about is this, um, essentially creating a fourth quarter plan, mm-hmm. but really creating a, the fourth quarter plan really is the impetus for their first quarter and really the rest of the year. It may be the number one most important thing to be serious about in your real estate practice Because as you said at the top of the podcast, if you wait until actual January 1st to get ready to get started to launch, you know, maybe following your plan or doing your plan, you might take two weeks even to get your plan done. And then, you know, the year has already started and now you're off for first quarter and you might live in a place that also gets slammed with several snowstorms in the meantime, slowing your market down through no fault of your own. But you started out slow because you didn't have your fourth quarter under control. Fourth quarter, your success in fourth quarter is a huge determiner of what your next year will be like. Because once you're off, you know, let's say that, you know, you have kind of a rocky start, you've got stops and starts, and, you know, you weren't really that serious until now it's February 1st, and you're like, okay, well, now I'm now I'm going to drill down. But then, let's say you're real serious in February, but you don't have any closings until April. So it's very hard to get back on track once you're that far off track. So I got something from the Steve Powers interview mm-hmm. I did today, and I want you to add this to the plan that we're going to give okay. them that, that uh, Trevor's working on. Sure. So he had um, he's doing something similar with his coaching clients mm-hmm. that we're doing, and his idea was that everyone adds 250 people to their centers of influence ah, and past like client that. list. And it's the perfect time of year to do it, especially as we get closer to the holidays. Lots of great excuses to contact mm-hmm. people. And his obvious approach is similar to ours, right? Where you're going to be calling people, you're going to be knocking on their doors. It's not just mailing them tchotchkes, right? Yes. So his one of the suggestions he had, and, and Julie, please add this. I see you're writing it down. Is add 250 people uh, to your list in the next four months, and your center of influence have. Uh, and here's another thing he said that I thought this was really great. He said, not all your centers of influence and past clients. And of course, we have this in our coaching as well, but it's worth repeating. Have the same value. 
because some of them, if you're a real introverted type and you're, you know, whoever it is that you are, you're some scientist or something like that, yep. you're not going to be a real good source of leads, Probably just generally not. speaking. Right. Now, your experience when you were a professional musician kind of countermands that. But truthfully, someone who plays trombone and you're it depends you on know, the crowd, yeah. And the orchestra you're you're sure. playing in, you know, they're going to not just be as influential as say someone who's a real expressive that was going to always That's be right. you know That's right. that type of you person. You have frequent referrers, you right. have people that are very socially connected that you know, organize the community. I can I can name them in our neighborhood, so can you. So those have higher value. So his point was, is when you're going through your centers of influence past client list, a super introverted person that is going to essentially be stuck in the rabbit hole 24-7 does not have, and you just edit, you don't, you know, overvalue what I'm about to say, but they don't have as much value in your list as, say, somebody who is, uh, you know, the PTA head and, you know, teaches this Business kids value. We're right. not saying that they're intrinsically right. not valuable people. It's business-wise that right. we're talking about. So the lower value, again, don't overthink this, mm -hmm. person in your list, it's not going to necessarily get as, many, as much attention as someone who is an influencer in your right. list. So that means the lower value person, you might only call them once a year, whereas the high value person who is, uh, you know, an, a very expressive type person, but someone who's going to be a real great connector for you, they might get a call six times a year, or they might get a call 12 times a year. And in our coaching and training program, we give you scripts and things to say, so you don't feel like you're bugging them, mm -hmm. you know, so you're actually delivering something of value. Um, and then he, a couple other things he and I talked about in this interview is we talked about the fact that essentially, and this is an old fact, but I'll assume it's true. That if you add, if you have 250 people in your center of influence and past client list, statistically, 10% we either do a transaction or have the ability to refer to you somebody who will do a transaction, and um, that's essentially an interesting number to consider. So if you, for the rest of the year, increase your list by 250 people, hypothetically, if you keep on calling those people on a scheduled basis, again we teach you to do this in our coaching program, then you'll have created in essence 25 transactions for yourself. But that's or, the kicker, though. Or 20, you'll create your, you'll create at least the opportunity to have earned the right to do 25 yes. transactions. You know, if you're just learning your sales skills and, you know, whatever, maybe you get 12 or you get 10, but who cares? It's a hell of a lot better than zero. But let's be really clear on that, Tim, because some of our listeners, this is the first time they've heard some of this stuff. The 10% rule only works when they do what you said, call regularly. Having the list by itself and dripping on them and sending them digital this and digital that, that will not get you a 10% return. You have to actually reach out asking them questions, being of service. Well, I'll, even drilling down on that more, yeah. uh, digital stuff, really, at this point, I feel you know 100% comfortable in telling you guys, you shouldn't even waste your time doing. Long-term lead follow-up through digital stuff, if you're not calling people, is really an utter waste of time uh, it, because they're getting too much already. And most people are using Gmail or something similar to that. And Gmail sees that you're sending a message that is going to be essentially a bulk message. They won't even see it. So if you're spending a lot of time on that type of thing, you know, good luck with that. Same goes with direct mail, unfortunately. Now, in some markets, direct mail is more effective than others. But for the most part, especially as you enter into the holiday season, they're going to be getting so much junk in the mail. Right. Trust me, your postcard won't even get a half a second. It'll get like a – it'll just instantly hit the, the circular file. So do take into consideration the power of phone calls. 
Um, but the other thing he and I talked about was after uh, he suggests, and I think it's a great idea, that you purge your list every 24 months. Mm. In other words, if they haven't sent you a referral in 24 months, you just basically remove them from your list. And it's like, you know, essentially your centers of influence and past client list, if it gets too big, yeah. you're not going to be able to work them. So you're mm -hmm. always sifting and sorting the people, obviously, that are, have the highest value to you as a business mm -hmm. owner. The people that send you referrals, maybe those are the people that are going to get special mm -hmm. Christmas presents. Did you talk about what size the ideal list might be? People ask that a lot. Um, there, I don't think there is an answer, but truthfully, it's the size that you can easily, that you can manage to work Smaller's as part of better. your daily proactive lead yeah. generation. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, look, I, I mean, a lot of agents, and this is, again, a real crazy you know, approach, but they think that their mission in life is to build these massive CRM lists mm -hmm. and then they just drip stuff on them and they think somehow they're gonna win the game at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, again, that's been proven a thousand different ways with Sunday that to be a, a complete waste of time. Uh, so the answer to your question is, is if you, you've only got so much time per day that you can um, schedule yourself to make proactive lead generation calls. And let's say you've committed to making, now it's not just calls, it's contacts, but let's say you've committed to making, based on your real estate treasure map, based on your fourth quarter plan, you've committed to making three contacts per day. To make three contacts, you're probably gonna have to make 20 dials, I would say. Mm -hmm. So to make three contacts with your centers of influence and past clients, you're gonna have to make t uh, 20 dials. So if you're, you know, you're gonna have to think in terms of making three contacts per day, it's a center of influence and past client conversation. So it's gonna be a little bit longer a little bit more breathy, right? Sure. So you're going to have to think in terms of like, if I had 500 people mm -hmm. and my goal is to make you know, three hard contacts a day, really good contacts every every work day, mm -hmm. you know, how many people do I need? It's probably about 500, honestly. Mm -hmm. Much more than that, it becomes unmanageable because you have too many people sure. and you're never going to get in, in, in contact with them. You won't even remember who they are, you know, those conversations. Right. And the other, a little, another little, um, advantage you can give yourself is remember to uh, call people and I know religious uh, constraints aside call people Sunday on Sunday night because everybody's home mm -hmm. call them when other people aren't calling them Monday holidays are good too Monday holidays long weekends um, things like that but the centers of influence and past client marketing this time of year is incredibly powerful into the holidays because there's so many good reasons to call them right uh, don't spend time over analyzing and I know there's software programs out there that make it so your centers of influence and past clients patch into social networking channels so you can see what they're posting on a social and you can you know have these insights into what's going on in their lives and all that if you guys want to do that you can but at the end of the day it's really not necessary uh, because it's really going to the conversations you're going to have again um, when you our coaching program it's going to give you uh, little ideas to, to call, things that you can spin the conversation. But at the end of the day, the conversation is going to go the direction the conversation is going to go. So if you go to a conversation with, this, uh, with the Centers of Influence and Past Client with an overly agended call, it's going to feel weird and you're not going to mm -hmm. do it. You, it's going to feel too mechanical. It's going to uh, feel too fake. And, and so the essence of the call is keeping in contact. Hi, this is Tim. Hi, this is your realtor, Tim Harris. I'm just calling to uh, you know wish you a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever it is. And by the way, I don't. You know, I've been getting a lot of calls and emails from folks in the marketplace asking me about what's going on with real estate values. So as my way of thanking you, I would like to um, send you a free, uh, you know, essentially comparative market analysis on your property to let you know what's going on in your home's value. To which they'll mostly say yes. 
And then, and then you say, you know, basically say, okay, great. And then, you know, uh, tell them you'll send it to them, confirm their email address if that's necessary, obviously update your database and then do a little CMA for them. But before you get off that call, ask them if they are thinking about, or if they know anybody else who's thinking about buying or selling that you should be helping in this market, right? So actually inquire as to whether they are serious or whether they know of anybody that's serious. They will probably say no and no when you ask those questions, but they did say yes to the CMA. Then do the CMA. It doesn't have to be some elaborate 14-pager. You can. Our coaching clients are doing this, Tim, right now. So one of the things that's really interesting, because the housing market has so much press on it right now with the you know prices going up, those calls, when agents are actually doing them, People are going them. extremely well. Oh, yeah. I mean, like shockingly well. It's congratulations. You won the lottery. <laughs> well, it is. And so one of the things that they can do, you talked about offering the free CMA, have your computer ready to rumble during those conversations. And you can give a range and you can have conversations like, would you be surprised to find out that just between your closing last year and now, your home is probably worth about X. Does that surprise you? And they'll be like, you're kidding me. Yep. And they'll be so happy that you were the one that told them, right? And then you can say, what does that do to your plans now that you know that potential price? Exactly. And, you know, plans moving forward, would you, yes. you know, were you interested? In, and then you're going to have an interesting conversation. All of that. And, and so, but always end every contact with a seller by, you know, it's the, oh, by the way, who do you know who's thinking about buying or selling that I should be helping in this market? Yes. Now, Here's what's going to happen. You're going to do the CMA. You're going to email it to them. You're then going to call up, follow up with another phone call. So if you offer this to 20 people, you're going to get five people, maybe more that say yes. Call, follow up with all, a phone call and review the information that you sent to them so they understand it. And then ask again for a referral. The secondary follow-up after you've done the CMA when you're doing this type of work, that's the home run. Because of the law of reciprocity. You yep. gave them something. Now they feel more like giving something back to you. And, you know, th these calls are really valuable. A lot of people are going to say, yeah, thanks for letting me know about that. We really don't want to do anything during the holidays. So maybe not now that that doesn't mean no. So then your first quarter calls, you follow up. Maybe you do an updated CMA. So this needs to be a business habit that you're in, not something that you only do when business is slow. That's, That's right. That's what makes it work. And, and our coaching clients that do that regularly as a significant spoke – they get well more than 10% return because of their consistency. So 10% really, I, I feel like that's almost a minimum standard, uh, but it is a good rule to follow, but it doesn't do it on its own. You've got to be super, super consistent. All right. So we have, are you done? Are we done through all of our points? We have three more points. I don't know if we have time. We do. I think we do. Yeah. Okay. So we can go through. We all have this is related to the plan though. Yeah. Well, also we talked, oh, by the way, the plan, real estate treasure map. That's the elaborate version of what we've been presenting to you. If you have not completed your real estate treasure map yet, which is your fill-in-the-blank business and uh, life plan, business, yeah, I said it right. <laughs> Text the word SUCCESS to 47372. Text the word SUCCESS to 47372. And after you do that, we're going to text you back uh, right away and you're going to just say, re reply with yes. And then we're going to text you back again and you're going to have your real estate treasure map that you can then download. The real estate treasure map is something every single one of you, once completed, you're going to feel so much better because you're going to have the clarity of purpose and direction that all of us need, especially entering into. I mean, look, guys, we know, you know, and we're not political. We're not going to talk about politics, but there's no doubt there's a lot of lunacy that's going to be we're going to all be dealing with, you know, for the foreseeable future. So you need to have clarity in your business. You need to have direction in your personal life. And that's what this treasure map is going to do for you. So text the word success to 47372, text the word success to 47372, and then download and print off your real estate treasure map and 
that will be the clarity, the direction, the ultimate GPS coordinates that you've been searching for. Let's That's get right. to these last three points. So point number six, we throw this term around a lot, the magic number. To simplify your production goals, focus on listings. This should sound familiar. Your magic number is the number of active listings that you must have at all times to meet or exceed your unit goals per month. Now, for example, if you need three consistent closings per month, you probably need about five active listings at all times to produce those predictable results. Now, it's not always going to be three listings that sell. It might be two listings and one buyer, but you're gonna get the buyer as a result of having the listings. So figure out your magic number. We have the more elaborate drill down, of course, in the treasure map, how to figure that out personally, but that's a good rule of thumb. Back to you. All right, well, daily schedule, and this is all part of the real estate treasure map. Julie, go ahead. Point number seven, daily schedule. I know you guys don't like to hear that word, but too bad. What daily schedule must you follow to achieve the results that re your goals require of you? How do you figure this out? Well, start with the following rule. Your daily contacts must equal the number of transactions you need yearly. So if you want 24 deals, 24 contacts, that's a place to start. Now, 24 contacts a day. And we don't know why that works, by the way. But it definitely works. It definitely works. And those can be contacts over the phone. Those can be contacts face-to-face. -face, but a contact with a decision-making adult about buying or selling, ideally selling real estate, and a contact does count if you're having a nice conversation with someone at Starbucks and you're talking about Johnny and Susie's, you know, T-ball league or whatever, and you end the conversation with, oh, by the way, Julie, uh, whom do you know who's thinking about buying or selling that I should be contacting? Or who do you know right now is thinking about selling their house um, that I should that I should probably exactly. be helping. That and counts. That counts. That's a contact. Yes. And by the way, as your skills improve, this number of contacts required tends to shrink. For yeah. example, if you're great at expireds because, you know, you're not just dabbling, you use the script, you do it daily, you've gotten better, you've honed your skills. If you're great at expireds and you know you can set an appointment for every 10 contacts, you no longer probably have to do 24 contacts daily. But that's only after you become skilled, right? And you can do a combination of contacts, some center of influence, some people run into Starbucks and some say expireds or probate or something like that. Okay, so number eight, skills. Now, this is where the rubber hits the road, isn't it? What are your strengths and your weaknesses? Take, I, I did a little assessment. You can certainly expand this, but here's an assessment to find out what needs the most work, okay? Are you a proactive lead generator? This means that you know how to create business without buying it or with very little expenditure. So can you say you are a proactive lead generator? If not, that's a skill you've got to work on. You follow up with your leads furiously fast using lead follow-up scripts. If you can't say yes to that, you've got to work on that. Put check marks next to things you do well and stars next to ones that you need help with coaching on. Okay, so you pre-qualify 100% of your leads, buyers or sellers, using lead follow-up scripts. Hmm, I wonder how many people do that all the time. In case they're writing these down, make sure you give them numbers so that they that know that you're going four. to- number four, sorry. Yeah, number four, okay. yeah. Number five, you send your proven pre-listing package 100% of the time with predictable and duplicatable results. If you are using your standard practice one that your broker gave you that every single person in your brokerage also uses, that doesn't count. You send your proven pre-listing package 100% of the time with predictable and duplicatable results. Next point, you understand and maintain your magic number of listings. That's the point we just presented. And last but not least, and you know, some of them, maybe they can check off everything except this. You list 90% of the listing appointments you take. Now, 
here's a caveat to that. I don't even like 90%. That I makes know. my skin crawl. I know. Honestly. I know. If I had a coaching client, if I had a coaching client. It's not good enough. It needs to be 100%. Well, it has to be 100 Well, if you set the bar at 90%, that means they're going to be taking 75%. And that's well, just that's average. So and, and if the only listing appointments you've ever been on have been repeat and referral, your friends, your cousins, your mom, your brother, that's great. Good job. But that doesn't count as winning 100% of the time because you have yet to compete. Well, so if you're, but the reality of it is, is a lot of these guys don't realize that if their business is solely centers of influence and past clients, that person, their center of influence and past client list isn't probably five other agents, centers of influence yes. and past clients. Whether list. they tell you they are or not. Exactly. Because they don't want to offend you. Right. So when you're going for a listing appointment with a center of influence and past client, you have to assume that uh, other agents who also have been doing very similar things are also doing, you know, going to be competing against you. This is the reason that you have to know how to compete because generally speaking, the center of influence and past client agents are attracted to that way of doing business because they don't want to feel competitive. They don't want to actually have to learn sales skills. But if you are somebody who knows to work centers of influence and past clients and you do it the way we prescribe and you have sales skills, then you're, you know, essentially your success ratio is going to be 100%. Right. And your production will go up as a result. Yep. So there is a built-in speed limit to every agent's business when they're reliant on people they know, center of influence, right? These are the easy deals that we all love. You know, they don't ask for your commission. They do what you ask them to do. They're nice and friendly, easy deals, right? And that's great. You're all going to get some of those, but there is a speed limit that you will reach. Maybe you do a fairly consistent six to 10 deals a year out of that crowd, but, and this is such a uh, typical coaching profile, right? They'll say, I seem to have topped out at about 3 million in production, 5 million in production. And, you know, I know how to do like, it's usually 12 to 18 deals a year, something like that. But I can't seem to break out of that. And then we'll ask, well, where do your deals come from? Well, it's always repeat and referral, right? Yep. Okay, so in order for you to jump to the next level, and, you must learn to compete. And it's repeat and referral, and it's random. They just don't. And luck. It's Hopium. luck. Exactly. They don't have a plan. They're not following a system. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to around the bend on today's show. Yep. I asked Steve about why, you know, it, it, one of the things that's um, – I don't ever want the answer to this question because I think it'll make it so that we're no longer as good at coaching as, as you know we are. Mm-hmm. And that is the why doesn't everyone succeed in real estate question. Mm-hmm. What is That's it about question. the one person that succeeds and the other people that don't? And it's the things he said, right? He said the attitude and your chip on your shoulder was really good too. But ultimately, I think it's the willingness to put uh, the mindset of being of service to other people first Mm-hmm. Overall, all else, even your own personal best interests. And I'll tell you why that's the most powerful way to think, because you're in alignment with what your truest purpose is. You're in alignment with what how, how you are designed. You're in alignment with, spiritually in a way, with the thing that makes you feel most fulfilled, which is helping other people. And if you start, now you some of you have to manifest that, but once you start realizing that your highest and truest purpose on this plan is being of service to other people, then you're going to start saying, well, how can I be of service to more people? Or how can I be a better level of service to the people that are doing business with me? And that's where you start backfilling with skills. But if you yeah. if you don't develop that or if you don't realize that this business is a people-helping, problem-solving business and that does require you to take a professional approach, you'll flounder if, if, if you are able to even agree. stay in the business. 100% agree. And the thing about having that mindset of being of service and solving problems that sort of encompasses absolutely everything that you do in real estate and many of the challenges that agents kind of manifest in their own heads, like 
not wanting to be on the phone, not wanting to use a script, not wanting to do this, uh, wanting to call a for sale by owner. Well, that is your ego getting in the way. And I've had coaching clients tell me time and again that as soon as they did, as soon as they embraced what you just said, that they've got to have a mindset of service and stop making it all about themselves, everything in the business got easier. Yep. They didn't get hung up about, oh my gosh, I have to do my lead follow-up today. They, they weren't weird about scripts anymore. Well, They weren't even weird about negotiating anymore. Let's Again, let's round the bend, but let's give them a practical yeah. way of actually emotionally experiencing this. Mm-hmm. So most of you right now, if uh, I asked you to call for sale by owner, would uh, have some sort of negative emotional response. Sure. For all kinds of reasons. Mm-hmm. And we won't even dabble common, into that. Common si- reaction. We won't dive into that psychology at, at present. But let's just do it this way. If your goal, if your truest purpose was in alignment, it was being of service to other people, and you were in perfect alignment with that, do you? So I'm going to ask you to call for sale by owner right now. Here's the phone number. Here's the person's name. Here's the address. They're in your marketplace, and uh, your initial response is, uh, "Hell no, I won't do it." <laughs> right. But then you realize, "I want to help this person. This person has a problem that I have to help. This problem. This person is wa- about to walk in front of a speeding cab, and I have to pull them back." In other words, you're now starting to become in alignment with your highest and truest purpose. But the interesting thing that's really happening is you're disengaging your ego because it's your ego that's trying to tell you that you're going to, they're going to yell at you. They're going to be mad at you. You're going to feel this way. You're going to feel that way. All these negative, all these don't do it start popping into your head when your ego is in control. But when then you start saying, I want to help you, my job is to help this person. Uh, all of a sudden your ego, it's still there, but it's in the distant, it's in the background. It's, it's static at that point. And then when you call that person, you do want to help them. You are then, you, the vibe that you give them, the, the, the feeling that they have talking to you is something that's extraordinary and it's different. And it's the reason that a lot of people uh, then become addicted really to right. doing proactively generation mm-hmm. because they realize that once they have those emotional um, you know, line, emotional uh, dots connected, mm-hmm. then they can accomplish anything they want to in life. It's the agents that basically allow themselves to uh, have their egos run the ship. You don't want to make that phone call. Well, I they shouldn't s- have to make that phone call. Exactly. Oh, that's only something that new agents do. Exactly. That type of thing. Or I'm just, you know, centers of influence and past clients even. I'm not going to call people because I don't want to disturb them. I don't want to be perceived as rude. I don't want to be perceived as a salesperson. I don't want to interrupt them. I'm just going to give them a pumpkin pie. And then you go, knock, knock, knock. Here's your pumpkin pie. It's Thanksgiving. And then they turn around and they put your pumpkin pie uh, next to the five or six other pumpkin pies (laughs) that the other agents had just dropped off the same day. And then slam the door in your face because they don't know what the hell they're going to do with all this damn pumpkin pie. (laughs) Or worse, you don't even door knock to give them the pie. You leave it on the front porch and raccoons smear it all over their porch the next day. And then they find your pet, your business card. And this has, we have heard, <laughs> yes. this happens every year. So, every year. I mean, it is funny. I'm sorry. It just is. It is funny. But we always hear stories about that exact thing. You know, some of you guys, again, <laughs> I feel, I mean, I feel like an ass making fun of it, but it is so hilarious. Well, we're there, trying to save them from having that there, experience there are, themselves. There are people, agents, and uh, we have coaching clients that do this. So, yes, I'm making fun of you coaching clients who will go to Costco and you'll buy like a pallet of flipping pumpkin pies, like a hundred pumpkin pies. And for all of November or whatever, you are now a bakery and you're delivering pumpkin pies to people's houses. And because you're not going to go back to the person's house, you leave it in a nice little box, the nice little bow and a nice little business card and nice little celebrate holiday kind of thing. And you leave it at their doorstep. And every single year we get stories of, holy crap, you won't believe what happened. It seems like the raccoons or the local dog 
or the kids were just waiting for me to leave and the pumpkin pie is everywhere. Yeah, you know? and so not only does that not count as a contact because you didn't actually oh, it's talk a con- to anybody. It's a contact. It's a negative contact yeah. when they call you. Yeah. So anyway, don't make these mistakes, guys. So homework is absolutely listen to the Steve Powers interview that will be posted on timandjulieharris.com. Timandjulieharris.com and we're going to, yeah, that's where it's going to be. We'll also put it on our um, YouTube channel everywhere yes. else. We're going to probably scrape the audio too and make it into a, a podcast, a standalone. Sounds good. Yeah, i got to write that down or I'll forget. Yes. And also download, uh, sorry, uh, text success to 47372 so you can get your treasure map and you can map out your success. It's not enough to just do the plan to type it out, to think about it. That's all good. You have to actually do what the plan calls for. So that's where you've got to get that done so you can do the work and get out of getting ready to get started. So to uh, text success to 47372. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day, a fantastic weekend. Um, and you know what? Here's the thing. Your homework should absolutely be do the things we suggested. But if you've not read or listened to Harris Rules, guys, buy it, download it, put it on your iPhone or your whatever, and then listen to it in the background, listen to it proactively when you can, listen to it while you're exercising, and you're going to start feeling clarity that probably you're not feeling at all right now. Maybe you don't even realize you're not feeling clarity, but when you do listen to the book, it's so practical and tactical, telling you exactly what you should do, how you should do it, and why you should do it. It's going to be exactly what most of you need. Well, all of you need. All of us need, right? Especially in this crazy age that we're all living through. So uh, do consider getting Harris Rules, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It's available at every bookseller. When we were on our national tour, we saw it for sale just all kinds of different places. Um, thanks for continuing to make this number one listen to daily podcast in the nation. We certainly appreciate um, all of your support. Uh, if you think of it, do give us a five-star review over on iTunes. That does help us to be in alignment with our truest purpose, which is being of service to other people and the People we choose to be of service to you is the real estate industry. When you give us a five-star review, that tells iTunes that we're in alignment with what our mission is, and then they're going to start, iTunes starts then showing the show to other, or sharing the show with to other agents who they think might be a match for. So please do give us a five-star review on iTunes. We'd certainly appreciate it. Have a fantastic day and a fantastic weekend. Talk with you on Monday. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.